Hi everybody, I'm Aaliyah and I'm Destiny and this is the Fish and Grits Podcast. I just finished watching the craziest thing I've ever seen on TV. Right. Right. I like watching Black Mirror. I really do. So um, I watched episode one. Guess who was in it? I know Anthony Mackie was in it. Yes, your boy was in it. And oh my gosh. What was he doing? We'll talk about we can talk about it when we hit are we recording now? Um, I think we are. Yeah, I think we are recording. Um, yo, there was a movie of him where he was in. I think it's called She Hate Me. Mm -hmm. You you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. Okay, so basically, like, he lost his job Mm -hmm. and his ex-wife was Carrie Washington. Mm. He called her in the bed with another woman. So it turns out she was gay. And they got divorced, but she was coming back. To help him make money by basically like buying his sperm from him. What? Yes. So like she paid him to have sex with her to get her pregnant. And so this business started where he was just fucking all these different women and getting them pregnant. And he wasn't, you know, he he didn't have to follow them if he didn't want to. Basically like a sperm bank. (laughs) He got paid money for it, yes. And he ended up getting arrested because he had all these kids. He wasn't taking care oh, of Oh, I gotta watch it. This sounds interesting. It's called She Hate Me. I think it's Spike Lee. I think it's Spike Lee movie. Oh, God, of course it's a Spike Lee movie. I think I, it may. Little premise like that. It has to be. Don't, <laughs> Don't quote Don't quote me you. All right, I won't. <laughs> now we can talk about this Black Bear episode that I just watched. And I want to get okay, your yeah. feedback on it. Okay, so, I want to shut the fuck up. <laughs> sorry if no one has watched Black Mirror yet on Netflix. Spoiler alert for season five. Full spoilers. I've only watched episode one. But um, I wonder what's the name of episode one. Let's see what the name of it is so I can actually quote it correctly. It's called Smithereens. Don't know why it's called Smithereens. Anywho, it's a um, it starts off with um, Anthony Mackie and can't think of the, her name is okay. She was on another Netflix show. I want to say it was um, Luke Cage. She okay. was Misty in Luke Cage. Okay, I know okay, the detective. About. All right, so they married in this show. They like a family or whatever. They were roommates with this older guy, and he he's the black guy that was on the Get Down, that on the the club, whatever. I can't think of these people names right now. Anywho, but you'll know him if you see him. So they were once roommates together when they was all younger, but Anthony Mackie and the other lady, like, they married and started off a family or whatever. So it's Anthony's 39th birthday. So it's his character's 39th birthday. And his friend that they were roommates with bought him this video game because they used to play the video game back in the day. So the whole video game is like this virtual reality thing where you take this little piece and you put it on the side of your brain like you mm-hmm. just stick it there and it sucks you into the game itself they were playing mm. something similar to Mortal Kombat where like like some Jumanji shit yeah but it's yeah it sucks you into the game yeah it's some Jumanji mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's Mortal Kombat so every time that they would hit each other you could feel it like you feel the the physical feelings of everything as if somebody really punched you in the face 
But in mm. real life, you're not getting hurt. But in the game, you feel it. You feel everything. So, Anthony Mackie's character always picks the same guy who who is Lance. So, it's a dude. But his friend always picks a girl called Roxy. Tell me why in the first round of the game, they started making out. What? Yes! Okay, so Anthony Mackie was like, it's a game. And, like, he just got out the game. But, like, the outside, the real world never knows what's going on inside the game. So his wife didn't know what was going on. Because, like, once they sink into the game, their body just lay there limp with their eyes open. So you don't know what they're watching. It's not on the TV or nothing like that because they're in the game. Wow. So they started meeting up every night. Oh, my God. <laughs> to have no. sex in this game like Mortal Kombat. They were not even fighting. They would just start wait, the game making out. Wait, so like do they feel what the characters feel in the game? Yes, they feel oh, everything. Sh- okay, so that's what's funny. So the first night when Anthony Mackie was so creeped out about it and he just abruptly exited the game. Mm-hmm. Before he had started the game, his wife had asked for some and he was like, nah, I think I ate too much. I'm a pass. So when he came to bed, he was hard. And she was <gasps> like, wait, where'd that come from? Like you just said that you didn't want none. So now you want some? And he basically just had sex with her because I guess, you know, shoot, it's hard now. I might as well just go. So each night they were coming back to have sex with each other. Oh my god! In the game, and then Anthony Mackie's wife in the movie was like, or in the episode was, um, he forgot their wedding anniversary because he was just so fixated on this game and how he was just basically having sex with his best friend, and they was asking each other like, "Is this gay?" And he was like, "Nah, this not really gay because you know it's different. It's like I'm a woman and you a dude, so it can't be gay." I guess they had convinced themselves that this was okay Mm -hmm. but the wife was like oh my god I think you're cheating on me you don't touch me anymore every time I try to have sex with you you don't want it no more it's something wrong with my body like what is it and he was like it's nothing I promise you I swear there's nothing there's no one else I'm not cheating on you that's it Mm. so basically Anthony Mackie calls his friend and he's like you know what I can't do this shit no more we not doing this no more that's it cold turkey and his friend you could tell his friend had got addicted to the shit <laughs> he was like his friend was having sex with all these girls like in real life but not all mm-hmm. these girls with his girlfriend and he couldn't even like finish with her he was like you know what I can't and he <laughs> would leave her in the bed and go play the video game and then get off basically wow exactly it was crazy so Anthony Anthony Mackie was like, let's just stop having sex. It's it. I'm done. I'm not playing a video game. And he said he locked the game up. And his friend was like, come on, man. You can't stop like that. Come on, man. Don't do it like that, man. Like a crack feed. He was like, what do we do it the first Sunday every month? Anthony Mackie was like, shut the fuck up. And he hung up the phone. Like, I'm done. Okay. So then the movie goes, no, the episode goes into um, showing how Anthony Mackie just picks up his life and just, you know, starts, you know, talking to his wife again. His wife is pregnant again. So obviously they started back having sex. But his friend is in a depression. He ain't going outside. He's just <laughs> in the room eating food, trying to play the video game. Like he is really like not stable. So seven months go by. Um, she is pregnant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for some odd reason, the wife decided to invite the friend. Oh, I, I remember what the friend name is. His name is Carl. 
So mm-hmm. they invite Carl over for Anthony Mackie's birthday. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Mackie was like, what the fuck you doing here, dog? Like, why are you here? Like, we've been fucking <laughs> in this video game. Like, you don't think this awkward? <laughs> so the wife leaves the table because the husband's was acting awkward. Because obviously you're going to act awkward if you've been fucking somebody and your wife right here. You're, gonna, you're not going to be the same. So she leaves the table and he was like, man, come on, man. Like, can we get back in the game, dude? Like, for real. Like, listen, <laughs> I've tried having sex with other people in the game. I've tried having sex with the computer itself. It's not the same. Oh, my God. He said the characters just lie there. They don't move. They don't do nothing. It's not the same. I've even tried having sex with other men in the game. And it don't feel like how it felt with you. He was like, I even had sex with a polar bear because maybe I was like, maybe I'm just into some freaky shit and I need to go as far as I can. And he was like, I'm not lying. And then he looked Anthony Mackie dead in the face and was like, I fucked the polar bear. Like, it was so (laughs) weird and so random. And then Anthony Mackie was like, man, get up off me, man. We not doing it no more. Leave me alone. So you can tell that he get really pissed. And then the dude comes right up to Anthony Mackie's ear at dinner table while the wife is in the kitchen. And he was like, come on. Tell me (laughs) that you don't miss Roxy's skin on your skin. (laughs) With her wet <laughs> pussy, and he, and he, like, he lost his mind when he said it. He like shoved him all the way on the side of the table, and as soon as he shoved, the wife came back in like, "What the hell is oh wrong with y'all?" And they was like, "Nothing. We just fucking around. We just doing nigga shit." Basically, this is what they were trying to say. And, <laughs> nah, I don't want to watch it. Was, it was good though. So, anywho, I know I'm dragging this out really, really long, oh but that's God. how entertained I was. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, what oh the hell God. am I watching? <laughs> but Black Mirror always makes me feel that way. So, I'm going to get to the end. So, he was like, come on, man. Give me just one more man. Meet me on the game at midnight, right? And Anthony Mackie was like, fuck you, I'm not gonna beat you at midnight. So Anthony Mackie gets in bed, right? Mm-hmm. Checks his phone, it's eleven fifty eight. <laughs> he checks it again, it's eleven fifty nine. And then he tries to force himself to go to sleep and then it hit twelve o'clock. Snatches back the covers, gets out the bed, goes straight to that damn video game and logs on. And then oh. they immediately start having sex. But the friend slips up and was like, Oh, MG, I love this. Like, why they having sex? Mm-hmm. And then turns around and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony character loses his mind and was like, what? No, what are we doing? What What are we doing? What's next after this? So he starts asking him, like, if we keep having sex in this video game, what does that mean? Where are we going to go from here? And the dude was like, I don't know. Let's just keep having sex. He was like, nah, F this. Meet me at such and such in 30 minutes. And he was like, what? Exit game. So they leave the game. They meet up in real life. And Anthony Mackie was like, all right, I figured that this would be the best way to solve this. If you kiss us, if we kiss and we feel fireworks, okay, boom. Obviously, <laughs> we got feelings for each other in real life. If we kiss and we don't feel nothing, all right, that's it. We stop oh playing the God. video game. So they kiss, right? Uh-huh. And they both say, nah, I ain't feel it. But you can tell that they felt it. Like, you can tell that they really love each other in real life, but didn't want to say it because I guess they didn't want to oh be my gay. God. <laughs> so then out of nowhere, they start fighting. <laughs> like, in real life. And then the police pulls up, takes them both to jail. So his wife 
has to come bail him out of jail. And she was like, I knew that y'all was upset at dinner, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. Can you just tell me why are y'all fighting? And Anthony Mackie just looked out the window like, I'm not finna tell her that I've been fucking him in this video game. And this is really why we <laughs> fighting. And she was like, oh my God, just tell me. You can tell like she's really like, you know, not feeling it. Mm-hmm. So for some odd reason, you can't hear the audio anymore, but you see his lips start moving like he's telling her. Mm-hmm. So then they fast forward like to the end where it's his birthday again. It's Anthony Mackie's birthday. And they give each other a gift. He gives her a box and she gives him a box. And she was like, um, I need to have that back in the morning. And he was like, ditto. And they exchanged gifts. Girl, the gift was, his gift to her was a ring box. So she takes off her wedding ring on his birthday and goes out there and date other men on, on his birthday. And, he, and her gift to him was the game. And it shows his best friend in the room with the calendar marked on his on Anthony Mackie's birthday. And it shows that Anthony Mackie pops up online to play the video game. And then mm-hmm. his best friend jumps into the game and they have sex on his birthday. So him That's and his so- wife worked it out to where, okay, on your birthday, you're going to go have sex with your best friend in the video game. And I'm going to go have sex with a random guy that I meet at a bar because I want to feel love too. Wow, this is was that not crazy? I know that that was long and drawn out. I, I oh wish I could have made this shorter, but that's just how good it was. What the heck? And uh, and this is Anthony Mackie in this room. Mm-hmm. Wow, I feel like I would have to see it for myself because it's so crazy. Like I feel like I visually need to see this to believe, girl. It, it was when I say it was a roller coaster. But when I first saw them have sex, like when I first saw them kissing the game, I was like. Oh, what is this? Wait, so like, who plays them in, in the video game? Who Just plays them? The in characters the game? from Mortal Kombat. It's not their real characters. No, these cartoons have yes. Well, not cartoons. They real people. I'm confused. Like, that's what okay, I'm saying. You know how who Mortal plays? Kombat looks like a cartoon. It's animated. Yeah, but because it's virtual reality, these cartoons look like real people. So they look like real people. But I'm saying so. Anthony Mackie's character looks like him in the game no. and the girl looks like... Okay. Anthony Mackie picks this Asian guy named Lance that knows like jujitsu and stuff like that and that's who he looks like an Asian guy in the game. Mm-hmm. And then his friend Carl picks a woman and she's Asian but she has boobs and everything. She Like they're real people. But who's playing them? They are. No, I'm saying like the actual real actors. Oh, I don't know their playing. names. I don't know their names. I've oh never my seen god! This. Oh, I don't know what she was saying. I'm sorry, I didn't know what she was saying. I'm like, yeah, okay. But I so. guess the whole thing, the whole thing about Black Mirror is it's trying to show what the world eventually could possibly look like if we keep moving the way we moving with technology. So what does that mean? What does the episode mean? I, I mean, I think the episode. Okay, right now we do have virtual reality video games. We do. But let's just say that we keep developing like we are with technology. Eventually, those virtual reality games, you'll be able to feel everything that's inside the game. Hmm. Eventually, if you can feel everything inside the game, I think people will be inclined to be like, oh, I wonder if I can feel sex in the game. And they Hmm. start having sex. So what do you think about that? I don't know what to think. Honestly, like, I'm still taking a back. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just taking out from like the other from the plot itself. Right. Like, like, that, How long was this episode? It was an hour, but girl, oh, it don't feel like so it. Much. It's so much. It don't, it's it like Black Mirror to me is always good. Like it always makes you think about the future. Like if we keep going the way we going, this is like a glimpse of what it could look like. Hmm. But they came to the, you know, the agreement that, well, if you're going to go out there one day out the year, you want to have sex with your best friend on a video game. I guess I can go out here with me and, and date just for one night. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot, best friend. I think I'm going to pass. So you're not going to watch it? Probably not. I've never got into Black Mirror. Mm. And you just told me the whole plot, so I'm just like, eh. Okay. I might skim through the episode, but I don't know. I just can't get into Black Mirror. I don't know why. I think the last episode I saw was when Dallas Howard was trying to get an apartment and it was based on likes. Oh, yeah. That one scared me. I never finished watching the episode because it just freaked me out too much. I haven't went back since then. But, you know, that episode kind of mirrors what's going on. And I want to say it's China or one. I don't know if it's China or another one of those Asian countries Mm -hmm. where basically how far you get in their society, like your credit mm-hmm. is based on how well you behave on social media. Like if you did cyberbullying and stuff like that, you wouldn't be able to get credit. You wouldn't be able to get probably um, a nice job or like be able to afford something. Hmm. Like they're actually implementing it. It's called like social credit or something like that. So it's crazy hmm, that Black it. Mirror had an episode like that, but somebody's actually doing something like that in real life. Hmm. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's where I start with Black Mirror, and then I have <laughs> other shows I gotta watch. Like I'm trying to finish When They See Us. I'll probably try to watch episode two. I told tomorrow. you I'm watching it tonight, and I'm just gonna binge all the way through the four hours. Yo, why would you do that to yourself though? Like emotionally, like that first episode really takes you. Out. But I don't want to relive an emotional turmoil like each day. I'd rather just get it out, you know, in one setting. <sighs> We'll see when you watch it. I'm looking forward to it. And then we could talk about we'll it next week. I'm curious to know if you still feel that way after you watch the first episode. But yeah, it's just so much stuff to watch. I haven't been inclined to watch TV lately. I know. It's so. just so many shows. I mean, yeah. When They I'll, See Us, Black Mirror. What else? Yeah. Oh, Queen Sugar coming back. Yeah, it's just the so Shy. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones is the main popping. thing. Game of Thrones. Whatever. It is, but normally, girl, I don't do Game of Thrones like that. I don't know how um, you can beg me to watch Game of Thrones, but when I tell you to watch Black Mirror, you don't want to watch it. No, I'm just saying, but that's because I tried to watch Black Mirror and I just couldn't get into it. And I tried to watch Game of Thrones. No, yet. no, 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 no. Yes, no, I did. Really yes, no, I did. No, I tried stop. before and I'm trying no. again now. But you really wasn't paying attention like that. I feel like this time around, you're actually paying attention. It's still boring. I didn't even have to really convince you that much because when you came to my house in April, you was watching it with us and you was getting interested in what you were seeing. Whatever. So that is what made you want to go back and rewatch it. But I'm trying. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this. Me. I'm gonna try. Since you are watching mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it's a it's a give and give. Okay, reciprocity. Okay, man. reciprocity. Okay, Lauren Hill. Do you think we Wait. millennials? Yeah, we are. We or are do you think because... that we? I see. I think that we on the cusp. I think that we could no, identify everybody... as a millennial, and we could also identify as what is it, Generation Z? Well, no, your brother is a millennial. So, like everybody that was born nineteen eighty on up 
is a millennial. But I feel like we we still fall in the cusp, bro. I but I, I understand what you're saying. Like we're not quite like the two. Yeah, we ladies. can be because we still know what it's like to go outside and play. Because we and not be dominated by technology. We're both to being able. Okay, that's true because I can remember having a star. Was it star or pound three to get somebody on three way? And it's like you couldn't have both your lines occupied. And now it's like all you got to do on an iPhone is just type add call and mm-hmm. like and swap them in. Yeah. Because I think I was reading that you're right about the millennials being from like the mm-hmm. it was the eighties to like the nineteen ninety five ish ninety six ish. But like Generation Z is like the mid nineties to like the mid two thousand. So from okay, like wouldn't you be part of the mid? That's what I'm saying. I'm right in the. I'm right on the edge. I I can identify millennials and I can identify with Generation Z. Okay, so I was born in '94, so I'm part of the. Oh my god, other. <laughs> you still kind of close though. I don't know. I you can identify as a millennial, but sometimes I identify as a Generation Z more than I do as a millennial. But like, what are the? I said 1995 okay, to 2010. But you're born in 1995, yeah. so are you more like Generation Z? That's what I said. Are you listening? How, no, I heard that, but like, how so? I'm tripping, I'm tripping. You mean, how do I identify more as a generational, Generation Z? Yes. I'm just basing on what people try to say about millennials. Oh, we think that, oh, millennials think that everything can be handed to them. They're just supposed to get microwavable results. It's just, you know, it just happens to them naturally. They don't know what hard work is, da 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 da, da. Sometimes I feel that way about some millennials, and then sometimes I also feel like the generation that's at the millennials is more like, no, I don't necessarily feel like everything has to be given to me. I do think that opportunities can be created. I think that I need to go out there and hustle and do what I need to do. We're in the age of social media. You can create revenue that way. You can create YouTube, create money. Like, there's always things out here to be left on the table. Where I think is millennials were brought up to think, oh, you need to go get a college degree, and this is how you're going to be set with a good job for the rest of your life. Where I think Generation Z sees it as, I don't necessarily need to go to college. If I feel like I got a voice and I feel like I got a talent, I'm going to try to figure out a way to, you know, put that out there in the mainstream as best way I can and go from there. Okay. And then I also think in corporate America, millennials think that like, oh, I need to be promoted. I need to move up. It's almost like I need to move up the corporate ladder ladder, um, vertically, like just straight up. Hmm. Whereas I think Generation Z looks at it as um I don't think I need to so much be an expert or just become niche into something I think that I would rather be diverse so I want to do a little of this for a couple of years do a little of that for a couple of years do a little of that for a couple of years see what I like see how many talents and you know skills that I could build upon okay now let's see if I can move a little bit up this way or if I want to let's just move this way instead of going straight up it'll look more like the, or diagonal going up. Hmm. That makes sense? Hmm. Yeah, it does. And I, I feel like I'm more identified with Generation Z thinking that way. Like, to me, we talked about this earlier. I, I think that college was a scam. Like, I don't think that we should have been brought up in our way of thinking that you need to go get a degree and then that's the way that you're going to move up the corporate ladder. Like, you need to go work for somebody. You need to be a part of this whole rat race. Whereas I feel like, nope, opportunities are totally out there to be made. You just got to go out there and make it yourself, put a lot of work into it, patience, action behind it. 
But can you imagine a world without HBCUs? No, I cannot. But that's because I went to HBCU. I know, but like when you think about that experience and how like I think you I needed the experience. Important yeah, important it was to be able to meet Yes, like from a all cultural the, standpoint. Yeah. Yes. Like I think when I went to Spelman, I kept thinking that like I was gonna meet people from Atlanta. I never realized how many people knew about Spelman. Mm-hmm. You got people from California, people from Colorado, people from Alaska, Baltimore, New York, Florida. Texas, Tennessee, some people from Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. I'm like, it's people from everywhere. Chicago. Right. Damn, I mean, all these people from like all over the country. Yeah. And different backgrounds. And it's just like if... if it wasn't if, just like you said, straight up black. It wasn't... Yeah. yeah people were very diverse. But and it was it was just cultures too. Like the North versus the South and like the West. Different accents. Like I, when you just sit there and you think about all these people who talk differently. If you but see, people would think the same way about a PWI because those are different people as well it's not just I see what you're saying that we're diverse between our own black culture within itself because I think a lot of people just think that the HBCU is just like a school for black people to get together when they don't know that black is multifaceted like it's multidimensional it's Mm -hmm. completely dynamic it's not just one shade one culture one experience of being black but how you saying our HBCU experience was diverse, different accents, different cultures within that black community. You can say the mm-hmm. same thing about a PWI about how that was diverse as well, because you do have different people coming from different parts of the country, um, whether they be, you know, in the country or outside of the country, different accents, all that type of stuff. But I think the one thing that was, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think your HBCU experience was better because of the cultural aspect of it? Or do you think it was better because of the academic aspect? And I think what I'm trying to get at is you was like, but how would you, how would the world be without an HBCU? I think that the HBCU experience was important for the cultural aspect. When I say that college was a scam, I'm saying that I don't need to go in there and to learn something by a book to be lectured on these things that may not necessarily be applicable to today. Like I don't use my degree today. Like, I mean, I use some skills that I learned from it, but am I really using my chemistry degree? No. Was was the academic part a scam? Yes. Could I have been learning something else? Yes. Was the culture part a scam? Not at all. Was me learning about Black people a scam? No. Wow, we really went on the whole tangent (laughs) about me asking if you identify as a millennial or not. We were trying to be talking about Mississippi. You can't live in Mississippi. Like, even though you were, you grew up born and raised there and you left and you came back, you like, I don't yeah. think I can stay here forever. Yeah, I couldn't stay here. And I mean, I don't know what it would take to make me feel like I, I need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like, what they need to keep me here. I don't know what else they could do to, to keep millennials there because I don't want to go back to Mississippi. <laughs> Maybe education. I think it's a multitude of things. That may have to be changed. I think when I came jobs. What was the uh I went to the food house or something that they have, this new thing that they built on the side of I fifty five by the school of blind and deaf. Oh, that district of apartments and stuff? It's apartment it's apartments over there, yes, but it's also this big um warehouse looking thing where like they have different restaurants inside of it. I think that's what I'm saying. Like it's like apartments over there, yeah. and also food. It's a bank mm-hmm. over there, and like restaurants. So I asked them when I was in the food hall. I was asking the people like, who owns the building? Like, who is the owner of this establishment? 
and they basically told me that it was some um, white guy that was from like Germany or Australia or something. And then I was like, well, we got the all these outside people coming in to start businesses. They couldn't find nobody that was from Mississippi or within the city of Jackson to start something like this. Because when you look at where it was, it was on the outskirts of it. And I'm just like, okay, why couldn't something like this be moved, you know, downtown? Like, why not put something like that right there instead of just having this person come over here? Like, y'all still developing these other areas that's already developed instead of coming back and you, like, trying to start something. And They're not trying to because think about it. All these places around Jackson from Clinton to Pearl to Brandon to Madison are, like, developing stuff and, like, really making their cities or towns or whatever look presentable like Madison literally has nice looking schools mm-hmm. a lot of restaurants and shopping centers that they don't need to come into Jackson right for anything exactly. and the same thing is happening in Pearl because Pearl has an outlet mall mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> and Brandon they have an amphitheater they built an amphitheater out there so they can have their own musical concerts without having to come into the city mm-hmm. and now Flowood is working on uh their own convention center and golf course and hotel and all that so it's like all the life is being sucked out of Jackson and going everywhere else yeah and it's just gonna be this empty ass shell of like pothole streets that need to be repaved and like venues that don't even make the money they need to to help recoup city debt like yeah it's just people people gonna want to move elsewhere so we gotta bring it back so there was this um it's called our opportunity Mm -hmm. and like i heard about it through Charlemagne talking about it and also David um, Gross Gross mm-hmm. and David mm-hmm. Gross was Nipsey Hussle's business partner that helped mm-hmm. start Vector 90 and like all those different like the STEM related building and like the co-working space within LA so they all had a meeting along with T.I. and some other people on Capitol Hill I think a couple of weeks ago maybe three weeks ago to talk about this whole legislation called Our Opportunity so basically, each um, governor from the states, each govern, each governor um, within the United States sets out these um, opportunity zones. And opportunity zones are those low economic, um, you know, low education areas such as Jackson um, or something. Because I looked at the map. So within Mississippi, I saw that Jackson, parts of Jackson was a part of the opportunity zones. And parts of Vicksburg and um, like other areas within Mississippi. But basically, our opportunity is they want people, essentially black and brown people that live within these communities to go back within those opportunity zones and invest. You can probably invest in like a real estate or you can start a business. And mm-hmm. basically, there's a tax incentive where you get 10 years of, like, no taxes or something for starting it. So it's an incentive to get people to come in. But the one way that this is different <coughs> essentially is we don't want to just bring people in to gentrify the area and then displace mm-hmm. the people that live there. Because I think that gentrification and displacement are two different things. Sometimes they can be used together, and sometimes I think that we can keep them separate. So I think the whole Our Opportunity um, initiative or legislation is you go in and you gentrify, but you don't displace. Like, you probably invest, 
You create more jobs within that community. You keep the dollar circulating before it leaves the community. And you just make sure that the people that already live there stay there. Like, you don't go in and say, oh, we're going to knock this building down and put this multi-billion dollar apartment complex in. And we're going to uh, set the rent for one bedrooms to 2800 a month. There's no way the people within that area are going to be able to live there. So you start inviting all these other people that got the money. And then, like, you know, it just costs too much to even live in the area. Your property taxes go up, all this type of stuff. So they want people to go in and just keep it. Like, you're going to invest. You get this 10-year incentive, this tax incentive, but they're really trying to keep people in. And I was looking into it because the Opportunity Zone is within downtown Jackson. Like, it hits North State Street and then, like, Fortification Street, and then at one point it stops. But it's just, mm-hmm. like, if we can really – if we could put people on game to what these type of opportunities are and what it means for you and how we can get, like, a group of people. Like, you don't even have to be a single investor. People do group investing where you get, like, 10 friends that put money in together and try to start a business. But you're keeping it within, like, your community. And I wonder mm-hmm. if people within Jackson, like, if those people mm-hmm. – you go into those city council meetings – you listen to the community and stuff. I wonder if they are if they know about things like this. Because I tell you who do know stuff about it. Who? The white folks. <laughs> <laughs> or the people that normally invest or the people that normally are, you know, reading up on stuff like that. But we just have to continue to educate our people. Like even up here in Jersey City, I just wanted to see what an opportunity thing was in Jersey City. My entire neighborhood is mapped off inside of an opportunity zone. And it makes sense. A new business gets starts every, like, two weeks over here. And mm-hmm. it's just like, hmm, I wonder why. And you can keep saying that, yeah, the, the, the neighborhood is up and coming or it's being gentrified. But these people coming in here and they getting these tax incentives because they know that, like, I'm going to make my money back. And I get to just chill out a little bit on paying taxes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come over here. But I have yet to see a black or brown person start a business over here. Um, What was the other question we had? If you could go back and live in any time period before, what era would you want to live in, I guess? Mm -hmm. And I said the 90s because, and I was talking to my brother about this earlier because he was saying, like, he grew up, he was born in the 80s, but he grew up in the 90s. And I'm just thinking about 90s music, 90s fashion, 90s movies. 90 singers and R&B groups. I just feel like if I can go back and live the hairstyles, the clothes, the music, I would love. I would love to be able to see Whitney in her prime. I would love to be able to see Aaliyah, hmm. Tupac. Like, so for you, is music era. and fashion. Yeah. Hmm. And like culture, black culture at the time. Basketball, like sports was different. I would love to see Michael Jordan, see him play live in his prime. So how old would you want to be in the 90s? Ooh, that's like. I mean, I guess that's what we're trying to get at. Like, we grew yeah, up I need in to be... the '90s, but what age would you want to be in the '90s? I want to be old enough to where I'm an adult and I can enjoy things. Mm-hmm. So probably like my 20s, like maybe 24. How I am now, but in the '90s. Yep. Hmm. I think I. I think I got mine. Okay. What's yours? The early 2000s. <laughs> but at my age right now. Okay. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. See. Oh, go ahead. 
Yo, the Air Force One. See, okay. Crazy dress. So the only thing that I was thinking about was like when Diddy was like really popping. And mm-hmm. like J Lo and like Jay Z, like he just really mm. felt like Disney Child was really popping. Yeah. Oh, and that's before that was when Aaliyah died. Mm-hmm. Like, so you still get a little bit of her. Bit. So it's almost as if if I was growing up in the early two thousands, and I know what I know now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sky would have been the limit for me, bro. You know what? That actually. That's a close second because I don't think I could do. I can't do 80s. nothing else. Like if you would have said the fifties, I mean, I like I love the fifties music and like the sixties and stuff, but the nah, climate and how everything Mm-mm. was back then, Mm-mm. I wouldn't make it. And not to say I wouldn't make it, like I'm not able to make it or like something would happen to me, but I just know mm-hmm. my mouth, and mm-hmm. I know like stuff like they get me in trouble, and I and I would just be like. You can't tell me I can't drink from this water fountain, or you can't tell me that I can't do this, that, and the third, or you done lost your mind. And to think my mom lived through, she grew up in, she was born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s, 80s, and I, like my mom has seen all these different eras. Mm-hmm. Like my mom is literally history. Yeah, and I, I feel I the same to... way about my mom too, because my yeah. mama was born in the 50s. Like my mom was a sharecropper. Wow. My, mom, my mom's grandparents were sharecroppers. Yeah. So the house that they lived in is still standing, like mm-hmm. in Macomb. Like, it's right up the street from where my uncle is. Our parents remember the Black Panthers. Legit, yeah. legit. Like, they had Afro. Like, I'm, my mom's graduation picture from high school is a full-on Afro. I think you showed me this picture. My mom had a jerry curl, I think. <laughs> my mom was in a gang. But let her tell you, I she wasn't it. in the gang. Like, everybody else was like, yes, you were. When you look at the picture, they all have on the exact same outfit. And they all look yeah. the exact same way. That's crazy. Your mom's in a gang. But if she said it wasn't like a gang, like we were stealing and robbing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She just said it was more on some Black Panther type stuff. <laughs> okay. That's all good decades. Because the music was so good. I feel like that was the last era of really good music. You still had your girl groups and your boy groups. Mm-hmm. They were singing had... about love. And then they were also yeah. singing about like social issues or political and issues. You... You then we lost some soldiers like Aaliyah and Left Eye. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of some Park. I remember hits from the streets. I remember Rap City. I remember College Hill. Oh, yeah. I remember Baldwin Hills. Gee, I remember Baldwin that Hills. Too. I remember watching um, College Hill Virgin Islands and watching them two girls fight. I feel like that is your favorite season oh, of College my Hill. God, yes, it is because. I, no one was expecting it. Like, I don't know if they had physically fought before then, but that was my first time seeing an actual physical altercation. And the girl who ran up, I feel like it was justified because the other girl had been complaining too much, making fun of their culture and being hella disrespectful and not really soaking the experience in. Mm-hmm. So she was taking it out on everybody else and being a bitch about it. And it was just kind of like, girl, you are in the Virgin Islands. Soak up the culture. Stop sucking and being a spoiled brat because you broke and you ain't got no money. So everybody else supposed to suffer on account of you and you ain't gonna ever let us not hear you talk about how broke and poor you are. It's like, girl, get over it. So like when she told her, if you ain't down for the fight, you fought the motherfucking fight. And that girl ran up on her and started going in. I was like, thank you. Because I'm tired of her. I'm tired of Crystal. Okay. And if you don't shut her up, somebody else needs to. Because at that point, it was like the US kids versus the Virgin Island kids. Like the house was divided. It was good TV. It was, it was good, good TV. TV. It was good TV. 
College Hill. I don't even know if they could do that today. Probably not. And you know why else I want to grow up in the nineties? Because of TV shows. You got Living Single, A Different World. I just, I just I can't. Yeah. Like, imagine oh, your college years. I would be twenty four, so maybe you'd be out of college. Yeah, I'll probably yeah, I'd be out of college. But Unless yeah, I would love like to live a super there. senior or something. Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't be that. <laughs> but I think we picked good answers because when you talked about it, I was like, you know what? That would have been a good era. Was Freaknik still around back then? I don't know, but I don't think I would be trying to go to Freaknik. <laughs> Yo, that was a wild. And all the videos that place. I see, I'd be like, uh, it's okay. It's okay. I don't want y'all to be squeezing on me and touching on me and stuff. I don't need none of that. When you think about it right now, like, even, that's somebody don't mama. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I know my mama wasn't there, so I ain't got to worry about seeing that. Ooh, child. I'm going to ask my mom if she was there. <laughs> I know she wasn't there, but <laughs> to ask Yo. her if she know what that was. You know what? Ursula will probably be there. I should ask if my sister was there. I remember she used to tell us that when NC Hammer and stuff had came out and they were in mm-hmm. college, like, everybody went and bought, like, a biker suit like with the mm-hmm. biker shorts and um, mm-hmm. the sports bra and stuff. And got the Reeboks and got some socks that came up a little bit. She said, you couldn't tell us that we wasn't background dancers with MC Hammer. <laughs> I was like, I was, she said yes. And she was telling us like how when like Salt and Pepper came out with like the asymmetrical haircuts and stuff and like how she had like an asymmetrical haircut. I was like, listen, I couldn't go through that with y'all. Y'all went through a lot of fashion. That's how some of y'all got uh, not some of y'all. How some of them got like them gold caps on their teeth, <laughs> and they still there. Who child? I haven't Listen, seen one of those in a while though. Black people are literal art. Yeah, like, we are. We, we create so much culture and fashion and hairstyles, and I'm just like, I love being black. It's hard sometimes, but I love being black, and I would yeah, not want to be any other race. Honestly, say that. I don't want to be any other race except the one I'm in. Was it all the questions? I think was it something so, about Mr. Beyonce? Were we or were we not? Oh just, yeah, about the whole debacle. I with, stand, uh, the whole beehive I just think, in the what's, what's wrong with beehive? What's wrong with beehive? This first of all, Beyonce fan. First of all, I am a member of the beehive, but I am not the spokesperson for the beehive. We are. Who is? I don't know. The we all person. have our own, you know, thoughts and ideas. Mm. I think that the whole people giving the woman death threats about it. So mm-hmm. I guess if you live on the rock and you didn't know, Beyonce and Jay-Z went to the Warriors and the Raptors um, finals game a couple of nights ago. And there's a video of this white woman leaning over Beyonce to talk to Jay-Z. So as the details came out after the Beehive stung her and attacked her, she basically <laughs> came out and said that she was simply um, she was the wife of the owner of the Warriors basketball team. Mm-hmm. They were her guests and she was asking them for their drink order. She also went on to tell us what they asked for, which I don't understand why we need those details. And that she meant no harm and she was just trying to get that order. Now, totally understand, girl. Boom. Bam. Got it. Okay, I don't agree with the death threats that she got. And she said that she had to disable her comments on social media, all this type of stuff. However, when I first saw it, I could care less that Becky, as they were calling her, were trying to talk to Jay-Z. I think where I was looking at was why the lack of respect for Beyonce's face. <laughs> and when I looked at it, it was like, yeah, okay, 
you leaning so much on her could you have just asked Beyonce what it was that her husband wanted and then y'all would have been like oh would a man can speak for himself blah 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 I don't care but it just seems like girl you leaning so so hard it's like she just didn't respect the personal boundaries and to me I just took that as a lot of times people don't respect the personal boundaries of black people and they don't really respect the personal boundaries of white women and that has even happened to me at work like literally I could be saying something and a woman within the meeting has placed her hand on my arm or on my shoulder as a way to make me stop talking it's one of those that they can control your physical space they think that they can control your mouth like have you ever been talking to somebody touch you and they trying to be like okay I get it I get it okay can you stop talking like but they touching you to signal you to stop talking mm-hmm. that's what I when I first saw this what I read it is like okay she has no respect for her space and you can tell that Beyonce was kind of bothered by it because when she mm-hmm. scooted up a little bit or she readjusted herself it was almost as if okay this is this is me putting up this invisible wall for you not to lean back over here again like I obviously I need to put more of my body out here so you can't lean over anymore it was just like, do you have to lean on her? Or do you have to lean over her? But here we are again, talking about Beyonce and Jay-Z, when I'm pretty sure 10 times out of 10, they do not care. <laughs> they probably you don't. Because that's the same thing that happened with the Mari Harvick situation. Like, I don't think they read into it as deep as we do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that they care. Yeah, he's a billionaire now, so... Right, and then Beyonce publicist coming out. I don't even think that Beyonce even said anything to her publicist. I think the publicist just came out and was like, y'all don't need to be spilling out all this hate in the name of Beyonce. That's what y'all not going to do, and I agree. Chill out. Because I think that you said that, do you think that how hard stands go and what stands say, is that a reflection of the artist? And I disagree. Yeah. Like, no, what some people would think, because some people say, well, why doesn't Beyonce come out herself and tell her stands to chill out and not do that? And in their way, they think her silence means that she encourages it or that she's accepting of it. And I don't think that's the case. And some people was like, well, this is why I don't like her that much because of her fans. Hmm. So that's what I mean in a sense. But see, I think that within this case, Beyonce has never came out and said, Yes, Beehive, go attack these hoes. Or, yes, Beehive, you need to cyberbully, all that type of stuff. It's her lack of saying that adding on to what the Beehive does, possibly. People could say, okay, well, Beyonce needs to come out and say that, Beehive, we only have love and light for all of God's children. Like, let's not bully people. Do I think she's going to ever say that? No. She's above it. Listen, Beyonce was over there like, it's above me now. The Mr. Above Me Now movie. It's Above Me Now. Have you seen the remix? <laughs> no, I, I think I passed by the other day and I meant to. It's Above Me Now. It's Above Me Now. It's Above Me Now. It's catchy. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, it's catchy. <laughs> Is it by Sway, the remix guy? No, because he has another one. His was slower. I didn't like his. I like this other okay. guy that did it. Okay. <clears throat> but my- Ever since... Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. Mm. They're sway the remix guy do been like yeah. hopping on hella stuff and remixing it. But um that's gonna always be a classic. Yeah. But I think that's it, huh, best friend? 
Yeah, I think it's time back swing. Yeah, because nothing major happened. And next week, we'll have plenty to talk about. With, After um, I watch when they see us. But see, now I feel like I'm obligated to watch the whole thing now, too, since you're going to be done. Just and get we're gonna it talk about it. <clears throat> okay. Just get it like out. a demon. Now, girl. Uh, I'll try to watch an episode tonight and okay. one tomorrow. And if I can finish it tomorrow night, I will. But it's just a lot. That first episode really yeah. did me in. So, yeah. But this was fun. I don't know what this was. It was a tangent. It was a stream of consciousness of all our thoughts. Good consciousness. So, all right, y'all. Thanks Peace for listening, you guys. Fishing groups.